Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The top 60 Star Trek podcasts you must follow in 2020. And guess who's on the list in number 44? Anyone? Oh, 44? Yeah. Is it ranked or is it just random? Um... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm just happy to be on the list. Like. Exactly. Welcome to this podcast. This is episode 52. I'm Tim Mitra, and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jonathan Kuline in Mr. Mississauga. Hello there. We also have Jaime Lopez Jr. in the, is it the SARS capital of the world or United States? Um, what, are they, what are we calling that one? I don't know what they Seattle, call this Washington. one. There were SARS and, and MERS. I don't know what this one's called. Yeah, it has a, it's something, whatever. Ray, you're in, you're in the place that's all infected and the zombies are walking around, right, Jaime? Ground zero in the US of A, apparently. Now you say, how's it going? <laughs> Not too good. But good folks like to hear you know how's it going. But uh, yeah, I'm actually. Um, how's it going, Jaime? When the I'm actually a little sick myself, so you know, irrationally concerned about the. But the, the you know the symptoms don't match up, so I'm sure it's just a normal cold. Yeah, it's a good thing it's a half continent away from away from us right mm-hmm. now. Hopefully, things don't transmit through the wires. I, I'm sure that's what Jaime thought last week when it was a half a planet away. <laughs> yeah, well, he's closer to China than we are, so you know, mm-hmm. like the entire Pacific Ocean and a lot of real estate after that. That's true. People get off planes and they walk around and stuff, you know. So, so anyway, looks like uh, we have some fact check right off the top, top there, Jonathan. I guess. Yeah, just one quick one. So uh, I don't know where I got this erroneous number, but uh, I think in our last episode when we were talking about the uh, Clone Wars uh, season seven, which is going to start in uh, February on Disney Plus, uh, I think I had said it was the seventeenth of February. It's not apparently it's on the 21st of February is when it's been airing. Uh, Which is not even seven days later, so. Yeah, I don't know where I got the erroneous information the first time, but uh, I'll, I'll go and yell at the erroneous people for that. Alrighty. All right, let's dig in some headlines. you got lots for us today. Yeah, headlines. Lots of good stuff for us to uh, to chew on here. So uh, first thing I've got is that uh, news came out last week that uh, in spite of one very popular season on HBO, uh, apparently the Watchmen series is over. Uh, it's a story mm-hmm. that uh, that made the rounds last week that apparently um, the creator of the show, Damon Lindelof, uh, doesn't have anything that he wants to say for his second season. He feels like he said it all in season one, and uh, HBO said they don't want to go forward without him, so apparently the show is effectively dead. Wow. Uh, strange outcome from a show that was lauded as one of the better ones from last year. Well, I have no opinion because I didn't watch it yet, so how about you, Jaime? I haven't seen it yet either, and I was kind of wondering if it ends on a cliffhanger or if it wraps it up pretty nicely. It does end on a cliffhanger. Hmm. Speaking of cliffhangers, I hear that um, Expanse is back somehow, right? On Amazon, isn't it? Is it like a, like they've done like a another season and things like that yeah i think amazon picked it up and did, uh, did another season oh, cool well there is hope for dark matter after all except for the <laughs> fact that half the actors have gone off to do other things yeah and they sold off all the prop that's true yeah right. minor minor detail yeah uh, our next bit of news, good one for all of us, I think. Uh, Jodie Whittaker has uh, revealed that she is planning on staying on for at least one more season as yeah, the yeah. Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I was expecting her to go anytime soon, but it is nice to have those kinds of things confirmed. She's obviously just finished uh, filming season her second season. Um, and the expectation, I think, now is that we expect Doctors to last for years unless they really, really hate their jobs or are yeah. reviled or something. I don't know. We've only had one Doctor who did a sh- sort of one and done done right in the last since the the reboot yeah eccleson right and but, yeah but um did david Tennant do only three years okay it's three or four let's see he was two three four and five two three four yeah. and five i think mm, maybe I'll look that one up that'll be a good fact check for next week but uh but yeah again i think the expectation <laughs> 
expectation was that we were going to get Jody Whittaker you know, for three all the seasons. are shaking their fists at us right I now. I know, right? I know. Calm down and uh, and have another. It's just a TV show. Ask... Oh no! Ooh, oh, wait! Oh, whoa! Hey, let's Who's not fighting words. Let's not throw stones in this room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's good news. I mean, it's it, to me. I don't know. I, I know we're only like what are we like three, four episodes into the new season. Um, I don't. I don't feel that Jody Whittaker has really. Um, I mean, she's really good. I like her as a doctor, but I don't think she's really sort of owned the role yet. You know, like um, I, she's believable as a doctor, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you know, every every sort of every every doctor kind of puts their own stamp on it, right? Yeah. Uh, even Eccleston, to, for that matter, right? Yeah. Did, did in the one year did did, did the same thing. But um, yeah, I, I, Jaime, you, you know, you, of course you're the newbie here in this room on this conversation, so you wouldn't really sort of get what I'm going with this. But I think John does. Like the first season, everybody's kind of like, I don't know about this new guy or gal, right? And and by the second or third season, you're like, okay, yeah. And then by the time they go to regenerate, you're like, no, it's too soon, right? Yeah, I, I must admit, I I was not huge on Peter Capaldi. I I found you know I enjoyed some of the episodes, um, and I don't think it was entirely his fault. I think it was just time for some turnover, not just of him, but of the writers and everything else. But um, but I really enjoyed her last year. I think my philosophy has been, especially in this newer era of the show, is that the Doctor's really only as good as the as the companions. And I'm yeah, that's true. I kind of wax and wane on the new companions. Sometimes I enjoy, and sometimes I'm like, there's a lot, a lot of clutter. There's a lot of people and different dynamics, and I'm, I'm still not 100% sold on that that gang as the uh, the, the en masse large group of hangers-on. Um, but, I, but I have enjoyed her. I think I really enjoy her sort of... Um, she has a little bit more of that Matt Smith silliness, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, so, okay, huge spoiler for people who haven't seen this season yet, but and I assume, Jaime, you're caught up uh, to a certain extent? I think. What was the what was the gist of the most recent episode? It was uh, Tesla. Oh, yeah, okay, and, then uh, I'm caught up then. Edison. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think of the new master? And do we need a new master? You always need a new master. Oh, I mean, again, I, I really liked uh, Missy, but... And Missy was my favorite, for sure. But the guy's, I mean, he's having a great time. Like, he's he's just devouring the scenery around him. He's fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, li- I like him. Yeah, okay. I mean, John Sim, when he was the master, I really didn't, I did not like him as, mm-hmm. as the master, right? I mean, I like the actor. I've seen him in the, he's like in, you know, Is There Life on Mars and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was great in that. He's sort of a, sort of a Martin, uh, who's the guy who plays, um, oh, he's he played The Hobbit. He played uh, in Office. Um, Freeman. Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman, yeah. He, he's sort of that kind of style of English dude, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as as a regular actor. But he was particularly nasty as the master. But uh, I never liked the masters in the, in, the, in the 70s and 80s. I thought they were just dumb. Mm. But Missy was, yeah, Missy really owned it, right? You know, mm-hmm. that's what I mean about owning the role, right? Like sort of inhabiting it and unquestionably being, you know, the, the villain, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know. This guy, he just sort of seemed a little bit too smarmy for me. Yeah, he, but he is, he, I mean, he's, you know, he is a little bit more of a throwback, sort of the, you know, uh, look into the camera and cackle wildly kind of, um, uh, you know, it, it does have a sort of pitch of the camp to it, which is kind of fun. Right, gotcha. Okay. All right, so a little more news for us. Uh, a couple casting things. Uh, Rosario Dawson has been announced, is going to star in a uh, adaptation of the comic book DMZ. Um which is going to be on HBO and it's going to be, uh, the showrunner is Ava DuVernay. Um, so this is good for all kinds of reasons. One, it's a really, really interesting and what will no doubt be a really timely, uh, series for HBO. The premise is that, uh, there has been a second civil war in the United States and the DMZ is New York city. Uh, It's a fantastic comic book. Uh, it came out probably just a bit over a decade ago, uh, from, uh, DC comics, vertigo line, um really really good really really good book um and uh, as is the sort of long overdue trend on these things, the character was a male in the book, not being played by a female, which is great. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really cool. I'm uh, really excited to see how cool this series could be because uh, I really like Rosario and I have never seen her anything I didn't enjoy. And uh, an HBO to have that series brought to life there is fantastic. Cool. Did you ever see that show? There was a show a couple of years ago, maybe four or five years ago. It was on for two seasons where the premise was that all of the electric 
electrical power in, in the in the world, including the United States, just goes away. Like it's like somebody drops a big giant EMP and destroys everything, right? And then people have to survive, and they they go back to sort of the Civil War American style of of governance, and you know, there's a rebellion, and you know, there's leaders, and and it's all it's very similar. It's it's kind of like The Walking Dead without zombies, you know? Yeah, yeah. It rings uh, a bell. Uh, there was one um, in the '90s too. Dark Angel did that, right? That was the uh, James Cameron mm-hmm. series with um, oh, right, okay. Jessica yeah. Alba, where it was yeah. Seattle, right? Seattle got got uh, EMP'd and lost all its uh, electrical stuff and sort of is now this, this black zone. Right, right. Yeah. So again, I think it's a pretty uh, appropriate trope. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, not to uh, scare anybody down there, Jaime, but we were, we've just been waiting for you all to start World War, Civil War between yourselves again anyways. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> it's only, only going to spill over to us anyway. No, 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 no. We're building that wall, right? I mean, shh. Sh- Trump is paying for it, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we're building the wall. Unfortunately, we're building it out of snow, so it'll only really be lasting yeah. for the short term. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're building it out of Canadian donuts is what we're doing. That's, so. And we're going to guard it with hockey stick. Yes. By the way, Jaime, speaking of Canadian donuts, I don't know if you heard, but this, this is like, it must have been a really, really, really slow news day in Canada. Like, a lot of people were upset that they were even raising this issue. But um, where was it that Trudeau was in Winnipeg? Oh, yeah. Story, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was in Winnipeg, and he, oh, they were having some sort of some uh, liberal caucus or something like that and and he decided to go and buy like you know several dozen boxes of donuts which is what you do here in canada right when you want to go visit somebody whatever you bring a box of donuts usually from a particular franchise right but in this case he went to a local bakery and got these donuts made up right and the entire well not the entire but a large population of canada blew up because he didn't go to tim hortons and get the donuts and his point was tim hortons is not a canadian company not anymore not anymore Right, so there was a big, you know, brouhaha and all the socials about, you know, the fact that, he, and it was, you know, it was, the, it was on the news. It was like, you know, in all the newspapers, and then half of us were going, what, "How is this news?" You know, like, and again, pointing out that, you know, to the buffoons out there, because we do have buffoons here in Canada that that believe that, you know, you should buy Canadian, you should buy Tim Hortons, not realizing that it's actually owned by Wendy's or whatever, reverse owned by Wendy's or something. Mm. Anyway, enough about that. That's a weird one to me because I would have guessed that like the local bakery is probably Canadian, and yeah. I mean buying Tim Hortons would be like rushing into McDonald's as a, like in the American side versus going to exactly. some, you know, uh, diner, drive-in or dive or some other sort of Americana thing. So it seems like there's a very different take on it over there. But I mean, that's the thing is like can't, Tim Hortons is so ingrained in Canadian consciousness that the, the, everybody forgets that it's American, right? In fact, I forget it's American until somebody goes, hey, how come you bought the donuts there? You know, <laughs> because people, it's like, a, it's like the go-to, like, you know, it's like, you know, people go to Tim Hortons and, you know, if they want to bring donuts for the, the people at work, they, they go to Tim Hortons. It's just something people do, right? But without even thinking, it's not Canadian, right? Anyway. Well, apparently, I, and I just looked this up, apparently, I remember they got sold not that long ago. They got sold a few years ago. They Brazilian were, or something. Well, no, they were they were bought by uh, Wendy's. You're right. Wendy's owned them for a number of years. They got sold to Restaurant Brands. And Restaurant Brands is actually a Canadian uh, holding company. Oh, but it? okay. it's basically... A, it's Burger King. So, oh, yeah. Burger King owns Wendy's. Yeah. No, Burger King owns uh, Burger King owns Tim Hortons. They bought the Tim Hortons. Oh, so Wendy's and so Tim Hortons and Wendy's are not together anymore. I guess that must be. Uh, I don't know. That was because of their partnership with Yum Brands. I don't know. There's a whole thing here. Yeah. What's odd about that to us, Tommy, is that in in um, a lot of places there was a Wendy's and a, and a Tim Hortons in the same building because they were went, during the time they were together they went around and made double restaurants. You know. This one corporation now owns Burger King, Tim Hortons, and Popeyes, with a gross total assets of $20 billion. Wow. And Canadian. Uh, it says here that they are... Um Burger King is still headquartered in the United States, so is Popeyes, but the company itself is located in Toronto. Hmm. You know. Right. And that was a weird digression for us, but anyways... Jaime is fascinated with Tim Hortons, I don't know. There you go. All right. And hockey. Speaking of none of those things at all, uh, Oscar Isaacs, uh, our favorite Poe Dameron, is uh, going to star in an adaptation of Ex Machina. Now, you're I'm asking, the, you're asking yeah. yourself, wait a minute, wasn't he in Ex Machina? Yes, he was. Ex Machina was a popular, popular, bit of a cult uh, comic book series, again, from uh, Vertigo in uh, uh, 
DC's Vertigo imprint uh, about the uh, a man who uh, finds a uh, super suit, gets some special abilities, and prevents uh, the second tower from being destroyed in 9-11 and gets elected mayor of New York. Um, bit of a weird book. Um, really, really interesting. Very, very much worth a watch. Apparently, they're looking at doing a uh, feature film version of this. Um, and I think it'll be really interesting to see how it turns out, because Oscar Isaacs is a great actor, and I think he could have the gravitas to make something that is potentially kind of kitschy. Um, and I'll, maybe I'll let Jaime weigh in on that one. Um, I think that could work. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, he's got a, a, a range, because it's, um, you know, besides the Poe Dameron role, he was also um, inside Lewin Davis, mm-hmm. which is an interesting kind of more art house kind of film. Um, he was Apocalypse, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. in one of the X-Men Apocalypse, movies. yeah. Um, so he's been in, like, and of course he was the, the CEO in Ex Machina, which was referenced here uh, in the article. So he's he's got a range there that I don't think he's necessarily typecast to, um, you know, just a Star Wars role. So yeah. I don't think he's going to be um, necessarily like Harrison Ford, breakout sort of superstar, but uh, he's definitely not going to be like a Mark Hamill sort of stuck forever in that role um, and then going into as voice the acting. Joker? As, yeah, and then, and then going into voice acting as like an alternative, <laughs> right? <laughs> what, right? What do you think is going to be the response from uh, a larger, like a movie-going audience to something like, uh, you know, somebody stopped the second tower from coming down? I think that will definitely cause a fair amount of controversy um, here, but it has been, uh, what are we looking at, 19 years, so it's not going to be quite as um, big of a sore point. Like There will be moviegoers who were like literally born on that day right mm. they're like mm-hmm. they, they didn't grow up with it the same way that um uh, i'm sure my grandparents felt very differently about pearl harbor than i do mm-hmm. you know I, I recognize the gravity of it but it doesn't resonate with me emotionally right so it's it, if there's going to be a time to do it now is probably the beginning of that time where it starts becoming uh socially acceptable even though there would still be controversy with i'm going to say older folks but like i'm clearly in that camp right where i still remember that and i'm not that old so it's beginning mark the, era mark the date down tim today's the day that jaime became one of us <laughs> <laughs> all right um another little bit of news interesting one for us to talk about uh there is a rumor from the good uh, folks at the hollywood reporter that taika watiti uh he who famously uh did thor ragnarok and uh, most recently jojo rabbit uh is in talks to work on a star wars flick hmm. um what do you guys think about the possibility of a taika watiti star wars movie what like jar jar rabbit yeah that's right jar jar <laughs> rabbit well played well played yeah um yeah it could be good i've uh definitely been a fan uh thor ragnarok um what we do in the shadows i've not seen jojo rabbit although i've heard good things about it um, i'm pretty sort of impressed with the the resume there i don't know that uh, a star wars movie would necessarily fit into the super funny haha of uh um some of the films there but uh, there's clearly a range right like thor ragnarok is is funny as an example but it's not haha the entire way right there's a fair amount of um of drama in there so i think it might give us a more light-hearted you know adventurous romp is what i would expect out of this mm. so it says here that in the in the headline or just below the headline the, the second line it says the following the recent installment of star wars the rise of skywalker the space fantasy fantasy franchise is set to go on pause yeah we knew that really it just means like, that they don't have anything slated to be in the theaters with a timeline attached to it. Okay, because yeah, they were talking about doing Star Wars movies for the next millennia or something, like, weren't they? Well, they talked about that initially, but then given that um, Solo underperformed and then uh, Rise of Skywalker has um, not been crazy gangbusters, it's done certainly done well. It's already made over a billion dollars worldwide, but um, there was a plan for them to sort of go on a hiatus, focus on the television shows on Disney Plus oh, for I the see. short term, okay, right. and uh, they had hired a couple of different creative teams to work on uh, potential future series outside of the, the Skywalker universe uh, saga rather um, so they had hired Ryan Johnson after doing The Last Jedi he was purportedly working on his own trilogy uh, they had hired Benioff and Weiss uh, to go work on their own coming off of Game of Thrones but apparently that has now fallen through because they just signed a contract to work with Netflix so they're not going to be doing that um, so that yeah and and, uh, and then they also announced recently that Kevin Feige was was appointed to take over the sort of overarching uh, sort of look at this, how to rebuild this universe. So I think the idea was that 
we don't have anything on the actual slate right now. You're going to get more Mandalorian. You're going to get an Obi-Wan Kenobi series. You're going to get uh, Cassian Andor series all on Disney+. And in the meantime, uh, you know, don't worry yourselves about what's going on in the movie theaters because we'll make you some Marvel movies. Right. All right. Cool. A um, little bit more news. So... So, uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch the uh, Crisis, Arrowverse Crisis on Infinite Earth. Nope. I did. And I, it, I watched an episode or two, yeah. It's easier to watch now, Tim, if you're going to watch it at all, than it was to get three episodes back-to-back and then wait like a month yeah. to, wait to see the, the two-part uh, finale. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I guess uh, they had announced just uh, in time with that, that uh, Superman and uh, Lois Lane, who are... Uh, were a portion of that story are going to be getting their own CW show starting this fall, um, which is kind of cool. Tyler Hoechlin has been a fun um, Superman, and uh, they've sort of taken his story and, and spun it a little bit, and they've uh, got this sort of reimagined DC uh, universe now, thanks to the Crisis on Infinite Earths. And uh, so, yeah, it'll be uh, fun to see that be in addition to the uh, the lineup and see what they can make of it. Uh, so far, it's obviously it's got one they uh, picked it up from pilot, so uh, they're going to be they're going to do one season and we'll see how it goes from there but uh, mm. Superman back on TV it's kind of cool, cool. Uh, another little funny one. I just uh, I don't know how you guys feel about this one. Hunger Games. So uh, we've known for a while that we were going to get a new Hunger Games book. Um, Suzanne Collins is working on that. Apparently, the star of the Hunger Games prequel is going to be the president that was played by uh, Donald Clover, uh, not Donald Clover, Donald Sutherland in the um, in the films. Yeah, it is going to be about his sort of ascendance. Uh, so they're going to do a whole uh, book trilogy, which. I assume will be followed by a movie trilogy all focused on mm-hmm. the bad guy. I don't know. What do you guys think about the rise of the bad guy? I'm kind of interested because it's um, the blonde guy that, that was the, the, it was the, the it was the president who uh, who you know carried the roses around and was you know very uh, Donald Sutherland was very creepy in that movie series. Oh, he's going to be the star. What? Well, he won't be the star. It'll be a young version of him. Oh, I see. Looks a retelling of that. Okay. Yeah, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be prequel. a prequel. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, is this like are they going to show him as a little you know yellow haired boy who's really into like racing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's torturing, it seems torturing like it, cats. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's not unprecedented, right, to see this sort of idea of like, hey, what if like the bad guy was the main character um, before yeah. they were a bad guy? Mm. Yeah, it's it's a strange one, and especially to go from uh, obviously the series was lauded because of its um, strong female lead, and to go from that to a uh, you know this sort of young ambitious male who goes on, of course, to become this monster who creates the Hunger Games. It's strange. It's a strange choice. All right, moving on. Last little bit here. Uh, yay. Well, well, so, not, not not yay, not yay. Yeah, no, um, we lost a couple this week. Uh, some very sad ones. Um, the one that hits closest to home for me, and uh, I think for for you, Tim, is uh, mm-hmm. Terry Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Jones, of course, uh, one of the members uh, of Monty Python's Flying Circus, and um, and of course the director of Life of Brian, the co-director of uh, Meaning of Brian's Life, mother. the co-director Brian's of mother. absolutely Brian's mother in Life of Brian, uh, the the co-director of Monty Python and the Holy Grail and uh, mm-hmm. and just the writer of so many iconic uh, comedy sketches over the years and plays, plays so many memorable parts. Uh, I mean, uh, we'd known, obviously, he was suffering from a, a very rare form of dementia that um, mm-hmm. had robbed him uh, in the recent years of his ability to speak and write, um, which was tragic and, and to lose him now uh, is, is extremely sad, but I think uh, you know we sort of knew that this was was coming eventually, uh, but, but still pretty devastating to hear that, that we lost a, a comedy legend like that. The other person that we lost uh, this week was John Carlin. Um, Tim, you probably, I don't know if behind me you ever watched uh, Dark Shadows, but um, mm-hmm. but Dark Shadows was uh, was a pretty popular cult show. I don't know. what's the, Can you be a popular cult show? Iconic cult show? Well, it, it was strange. It was on, in, yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a soap a, opera. It was a soap but, opera, but like but a, with, a vampire soap opera. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, uh, he played Willie Loomis, the, the, uh, the, tortured sort of um, servant, 
manservant of mm-hmm. uh, of the, the the vampire Barnabas in in Dark Shadows, mm-hmm. um, which was again not know that was on for years and years and years uh, in the sixties and seventies, and uh, yeah. yeah, so this was uh, and again for you know, other people who you know may not be big fans of that, he was also a, a prodigious character actor. Play. He was on uh, you know Cagney and Lacey and um, all of these other sort of shows through the you know seventies eighties uh, playing all right. the different parts. A very very well known and respected character actor. Uh, yeah, as a list on here. Name name a show from the seventies: Rockford Files, Kojak, All in the Family, Barnaby Jones, Hill Street Blues, Police Story, Hawaii Five O. Like name a show. This guy was on it in the seventies, seventies and eighties. Yeah. So again, two 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 rough losses week. Not, not good. Yeah. So I put one here just uh, just sort of came up uh, I stumbled across this the other day it was um, I don't know how I stumbled across this actually now that I say that but I found a link called the top 60 Star Trek podcasts you must follow in 2020 and it, guess who's on the list in number 44 anyone? oh 44 yeah is it ranked or is it just random um <laughs> shut up <laughs> I'm just happy to be on the list like. exactly hello <laughs> Well, look at these these really crappy, you know, nosebleed seats we got at the Academy Awards. I'm like, dude, we're at the Academy Awards. (laughs) (laughs) Look down there. Get get, get your goggles. You see that? That's Brad Pitt down there, man. Hey, you can exactly. see Captain Picard from up here. It's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when we win, we have to walk all the way from the like the three hundred level to get our prize. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, you know what? I think this is great, and I think uh, now it gives us something to shoot for next year. Forty three in two thousand twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I think we beat out we beat out at least twenty more people. Like you know. Yeah. Actually, somebody somebody retweeted to me that uh, they were they were right behind us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're coming for us. I think we should start a rivalry with one of these these ones. Start a little turf war. Yeah. Get off our podcast block. So according to this, we have 15 star, fifteen Facebook fans. We have 27 Twitter followers. And we have 11 in terms of domain authority, whatever that means. So, yeah, we're not doing not too shabby. There you go. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the ones that are higher, ranked higher have more social followers than we do. One, one of them has 1. 1,200 uh, Facebook fans, so which is hard to get. Facebook is horrible to get uh, any followers on. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever noticed that or not. But at least, well, I mean, the other... The other good point of it is is it, it gives us some shelter from the CBS, you know, legal team, right? We're legit. Look, right there, we're legit. <laughs> we're legit. These guys said so. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but you know, by the same token, they got other people to go fry before they come looking for us. That's right. right. That's right. Right. So We're cool. only 44th. Don't pick on us. Exactly. All right. Well, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here we are. We're at the main part of the show, and, and I think we're just going to dive in with spoilers and everything. I mean, it was introduction episode. You're not going to spoil too much, right? That we have already spoiled, but we're here going to talk about the new, brand new, shiny, just came out today, Star Trek Picard, episode one, season one, episode one. Let me rephrase that. Remembrance is the name of the episode. So here we are. I think we kind of like, you know, I can start off by saying that, you know, we we looked at the trailer and we kind of figured that, okay, he's, he's older. He's, you know, he's he's aged, you know, number one is his dog. um, And he's interacting with data in sort of strange, in a strange way in the, in the uh, trailer, so we kind of figured, well, Data's obviously in his head, and we were right about that, and uh, you know, so it carries on from there. And I, I kind of wondered, you know, midway when there's a, the big disaster scene, I, and he wakes up and he's on the couch, I'm wondering if that was also in his head too. But um, I'm going to shut up now and let you guys sort of, one of you, take on the sort of standard podcast uh, covering of the episode with with mild interjections from myself and the other person who wants to go. I think it's time is we. Yeah, I mean, I've got some notes here where I think I can cool. You can make a semblance out of this. So uh, we start off immediately. I'd had my notes uh, right there on the Enterprise D, which is nice. It was nice to see that in in modern formats. Um, and and the aforementioned interaction with Data, and it's it's all weird. You're like, hmm, Data is kind of wearing the wrong outfit, right? He's wearing a, a first contact movie style uniform, and there's no way he would have been wearing that on the Enterprise D. So you're immediately, you know, if you're really into this sort of thing you're like well, that's weird it doesn't fit and of course it doesn't fit because uh it turns out it's it's all part of a dream right so picard has has been having these these uh bad dreams and in this one he's you know reminiscing about his time with uh, lieutenant commander data uh, so he he wakes up at uh 
Chateau Picard now in the in the modern era, some eighteen to twenty years after Nemesis, and he's uh, he's chilling with Romulans. There's Romulans on his staff. They're you know making his bed and his breakfast, that sort of thing. I do have a question before hmm? we go too far because I kind of wondered wondered about this. I, I know I've seen Nexus. I don't know how many times, but does Data actually die in Nexus? Uh, Nemesis, yeah, ne- Nemesis, yeah, because because B four is there. But oh yes, and he downloads his, his brain into, into B four. Tries to yeah. Right? So at the very end of of Nemesis, it's basically there on the. Um the Romulan ship it's about to explode and it's basically Data or Picard there's only a chance to get one of them out using the um, the com badge and so Data takes off his com badge puts it on Picard Picard teleports out and then the ship blows up with Data on board right but he could be like the Emperor he could come back <laughs> Jedi <laughs> you could do that sort of thing yeah <laughs> yeah um, I mean not completely unreasonable given where things are going to go and, and good thing you mentioned before the uh, the android sort of uh, proto type brother to uh, Data and Lore, because um, that'll become important uh, at the very least in this episode, and uh, my guess is possibly in future episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is chronologically correct, but I wrote that uh, one of the new characters, Dodge, is shown in her apartment mm-hmm. uh, in Boston, if not mistaken, with her boyfriend, and uh, they get attacked by mysterious people. Uh, he gets full-on killed, and they're, you know, through a, like a, a hood on her head, and we're trying to, you know, search her memory or do something they're like has she been activated yet you know this mysterious way that they say it and uh i guess she does get activated because she just goes all you know kung fu on them and she goes john wick on them yeah jason born on <laughs> jason born or, or john wick you know i guess jason born maybe born identity is probably more appropriate so that's a good one um and she ends up having this uh vision like in her mind of of star trek uh sorry of star trek picard of <laughs> captain picard's face and um that actually coincides quite nicely because we shift scenes again that uh, Picard, who is a retired admiral, is uh, being interviewed uh, by the, the news agency on the 10th anniversary of the, uh, the Romulan star going boom. So this is a reference back to uh, Star Trek 2009, right? Which had that happen in the prime timeline. And, um, and apparently we uh, we find out that Admiral Picard was uh, was going to lead this rescue mission. Uh, Starfleet was uncertain about helping you know one of its longtime enemies. And what should happen is that the uh, what they're calling the synthetics, uh, so synthetic um, beings. Uh, androids is, is sort of a, the other term that they've used for this, right? Uh, attacked Mars and the Utopia Planitia fleet yards, uh, something that was referenced in one of the short treks, if, uh, if anybody's seen those. Yep. And we learned that uh, right after that, uh, synthetics were banned. And the interviewer, you know, pokes and prods and asks specifically about, uh, hey, you knew a synthetic, right? Uh, Lieutenant Commander Data. What did you think about him? And this, you know, understandably causes a lot of grief and dismay for for uh, Picard and he quits the the interview there um but that's where you know it's being broadcast and Dodge is walking around the city or something and she sees a screen that shows Picard's face and she's like oh that's the person that I saw in my image uh I also don't know if this is chronologically correct but uh Picard has a, a dream about uh Commander Data painting a, a painting of a girl and uh he goes over to the Starfleet archives over in uh, in San Francisco goes to the uh, the quantum archives apparently and and works with a hologram like a holographic librarian i guess you'd call it named index and uh, identifies the painting as being from uh, from data back in 2369 and it was titled daughter the painting and uh, the face sorry and the face of the woman and the face uh, what i was leading to here is that it looks like uh, like dodge which is right time for us to switch over to her part of the storyline and she's uh, on the run uh, she's afraid to go back to her apartment because you know, people just tried to kill her there. And she uh, video conferences with her mom, uh, quote unquote, air quotes here, mom, we'll come back to that. And her mom's like, yeah, oh, I'm glad you're fine. Um, yeah, you should go talk to this Picard dude. She's like, what? what are you talking about? I didn't tell you well, about she Picard. She already met Picard at the beginning and she she leaves him because she's afraid he's going to get attacked by them as well. Yeah, she disappears in the night, right? Oh, did yeah. that already happen? See, I got a gap in my, my notes. So they'd already yeah. met then at this point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Thank you for, for correcting me there. I probably missed it during the commercial break or something. Um, so what else did we learn here? Uh, this is an out-of-date uh, note here, but I noted that she, uh, Dodge was you know, b- 
born in Seattle and accepted to the Daystrom Institute in Okinawa. Uh, both of those will, will become important later because um, she does, um, I guess, hack her way into computer systems and locate Picard while he is in San Francisco at the Starfleet Archives. And she goes to, to meet up with him again uh, for this. Uh, thank you for the second time. Uh, they get attacked by, by more mysterious dudes who are just you know teleporting in. And she uh, you know has a little pew, pew, pew time with them, beats up a fair number of them. Um, unfortunately, she ends up getting um, like acid or something on her. This part was a little confusing. I don't know if it was like a cyanide pill but or the what. Dude spat on, the dude spat on her. Yeah, like but the, did he spit like some sort of uh, cyanide yeah. pill thing? Because I thought he was a Romulan. It, it, it happened so fast. Yeah, I think he was, but I don't know if that was meant to be that, yeah, he had some sort of, you know, thing in his mouth that he spat at her that as he right. was dying got her, but right. yeah. Um, and and they, uh, the, the Romulan dude and um, Dodge end up blowing up and this shockwave throws Picard, you know, 20 feet or something. And he ends up waking up back at the chateau uh, with his uh, Romulan friends. And this at this point, I was like, was that all a dream? Like, what the? No, yeah, the, same the I, main so character like, died. Like, what? Yeah. Show's <laughs> over. Yeah. It's like, what's going on here? Um, at this point, uh, Picard decides to go visit uh, Dr. Girardi over at the Daystrom Institute in Okinawa, mentioned before. Played by Canada's own Allison Pill. Mm-hmm. Ah, right. Um, talking to her, he talks to her, the doctor, about uh, androids. That's sort of like their specialty. And if it would be possible to make one out of flesh and blood, which gets a laugh uh, out of her when she's like, oh, wait, you're serious? Well, come into this department here where we've basically had to shut down every sort of real bit of research because of the ban on synthetics. You can only do simulations and, and papers and stuff, but with no actual building. Uh, here we see that uh, the android, the Soong-type android, B4, is disassembled in a drawer. And they mentioned that even though Data had downloaded uh, or tried to download his information into B4, most of it was lost. Uh, B4 just wasn't capable of dealing with that sort of information. Um, but we learn that, uh, and this is a way, way, way callback, Dr. Maddox. Yeah. Uh, if, if people don't remember, and if, and if you're new to uh, to this whole Star Trek thing, because Picard has got a lot of people excited, Dr. Maddox, if I'm not mistaken, was from the Measure of a Man episode. Yep. It's like season one or two, where mm-hmm. the premise is, is Lieutenant Commander Data property of Starfleet, or is he his own self-conscious being? And they have this whole trial thing. And Dr. Maddox was on the side of like, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody, but like, this is really cool technology. I kind of want to see if we can, you know, dissect data and figure out how Dr. Soon created this wonderful creation. Yep. Uh, apparently he stayed in the field because Dr. Maddox here in this show is talked about as believing they could synthesize uh, androids from even a single positronic neuron uh, from somebody like Data. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but that such a synthesis would happen in pairs for some reason. And this is why Dodge had the double circle, double rings, I'm not sure what to call them, uh, necklace that she was wearing and that Picard had brought with him. And uh, more dun 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 happens happens in terms of going to the um, the Romulan reclamation site that we see in space. So some really cool Romulan ships flying into this mysterious thing. We meet a Romulan named uh, Narek, if I'm not mistaken, who uh, introduces himself to uh, Daj's twin Asha. And so they have a little bit of a, a thing going on there. And at the very tail end, they pull out, uh, pan out the camera, and dun dun dun, they're in a uh, reclaimed Borg cube. This Borg cube is uh, it's basically up on blocks in this chop shop is sort of what it looks like to me. So that's where the episode ends. Right. And did you know she was also wearing the same necklace? That is true. Yes, she was wearing the same double ring necklace. And she mentioned she, mentioned she has a twin sister. The other and thing she mentions too, it was created it, by her father. Yeah. The other, the other thing that's interesting too is that there are two paintings that Data made. One hangs in Picard's home and one hangs one is in the archive. That's another sort of twisty sort of plot pointy thing, right? But hints too, because the one in the archives was completed, if I remember, and the one that is in his home is kind of incomplete, right? Yeah, and the one in the one in the dream painting was not done. It was it had no face at all, like had no discernible. It had a body shape, but it was no. You couldn't tell it was a person, woman, or male or female. Because that's when that's the part that's in the trailer where Data says you can finish the painting, and Picard says I don't know how. And he says yes, you do, and he hands him the brush, and that's when the dream ends, right? Mm-hmm. He wakes up in, in the arms of his Romulan buddies who are who are his caretakers. Um, there, just as a side note here before we go too far there's i put a link in the show notes here for the get to know the five of the newbies from star trek picard and of course uh, it's got uh isa Bri- 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 as daj which i think is going to be 
be a different name next week because we know Dodge just blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, Allison Pill as Dr. Agnes Girardi. Um, Santiago Cabrera as Cristobal Chris Ross. Uh, is that the guy that we... Rios, is that who we met at uh, on the Borg ship? No. The, the, so we've not met this character. I'm guessing it's Cristobal Rios is probably yeah. with yeah. The, the name heritages. Yes. Um, yes. It looks like from the preview trailer, it seemed like he's like the owner or captain of... Uh, oh, some ship that's coming up? Of the ship that Picard is going to be on. Mm-hmm. Right. And Michelle Hurd plays Rafi Massacre. And uh, there's a guy named Evan Evangora who looks like... Uh, he looks like um, somebody from Lord of the Rings, actually. He's even got a Lord of the Rings name, Elnor. Yeah, Elnor. It's, it's a very like elf-like name. Um, yeah. That's an interesting choice. So we've not met those latter three characters. So the guy who introduced him, that's why I came to this, this particular page, because that, that guy who introduced himself to um, Dodge's sister, Asha, you said? I think Asha was the name I, I heard. Anyway, she, yeah, he um, he looked like this dude in, in a sort of dark Borg-like, Borg ship lighting kind of way. <laughs> it yeah. was very, very moodily lit, but I think the other guy was uh, a little bit younger. Um, yeah. So so the question I have now for you, Jaime, is do we release the Kraken? That one In other words, Jonathan, what do you think? Release the Yes, you're the Kraken. Now, why did I become the Kraken? Just because I <laughs> just because I lit fire to Star Wars two weeks ago. How many thumbs down does this get? Now I'm the bad guy. You know? I just want to know what we both missed in this show. <laughs> Uh, no, Jaime did a great job of recapping. Again, I think there was some uh, some wonderful little little Easter eggs in there. Obviously, um, you know there was that nice little tie-in. So for for the people that make the time to watch the short treks, there was a nice little uh, tie-in to the Utopia Planitia attacks. We we got a little little callback into that. Uh, again, the Bruce Maddox stuff. That was I was like my jaw hit the floor when I heard that. I'm like, oh, get out of here! Like that's pretty deep cuts. You got to be a, be a pretty you know uh, good. He's only he's in one episode of. TNG and he's mentioned in a second one um, so you gotta right. sort of want that one um, no I, I will not be crackening out on this one I think uh, I think this was great I think it was it was really uh, I think it was kind of what I was expecting it was a little bit of pepper uh, of the you know <laughs> this is actually on now that you mentioned it this is a perfect example of what to do in these situations versus what we got two weeks ago when we discussed Star Wars Star Wars was giving you fan service by like opening your mouth and forcing stuff down your throat, this was like seasoning it in there nicely. It wasn't just like, oh my God, and here's this, and oh my God, and here's that, and oh my God, here's this. It was really very measured. Um, And it was actually, it was more about uncovering the new than it was about, you know, um, just being fan service, um, which I I, I appreciate. I'm I'm glad that it wasn't just, you know, nods and winks in it. Obviously, we're going to get a look, you know, we're going to see, you know, Will Riker, we're going to see Seven of Nine, we're going to see, you know, all these little nods to the universe as we go through this series uh, and and years to come, because we already know there's going to be a season two. But um, I think there's there's a lot of things to appreciate in the, in the subtlety that they took in this first episode. It really kind of sort of takes a bit of time on some of this stuff. And it's sort of it, it takes the time to sort of give you a little bit of an update. It gives you that little interview section where, you know, Picard sits down with the journalist and starts talking about why he left. Uh, Starfleet and what what the crisis was that sort of prompted him and how we sort of got to where we are now. So we get a lot of backstory without it being beaten over the head with it. Um, you, and, knew it was gonna go, you knew it was going to go wrong because that's course. what they do on TV, right? Well, because you can't put a journalist on a fictional TV show and not have them be a jackass. Like, <laughs> God forbid we're represented as fair-minded. But um, it, it was, you know, it was, I think, pretty well measured. It was not... Uh, you know, just fan service for fan service sake. Um, and and I, I guess I should have expected that in that I can't imagine somebody of the stature of Patrick Stewart would sign on to something that was just going to be, you know, let's put the 80 year old man into a, into a, you know, an uncomfortable tunic for seven episodes and make him run around the galaxy. Right. Like it had to have some gravitas and, and that's how it felt. Yeah. The fact, the fact that he couldn't run fit the character, right? Like, like it's not a typical thing where, Oh, we have to run. And then all of a sudden, sudden, you know, they, they drop in a body double and he's like running like mad, you know? Yeah. And I think it was really good. And, and, and I think obviously that the payoff on that comes later on when he sort of says, you know, I've been sitting around this 
little chateau waiting to die. And, you know, now I've sort of found some purpose and you can feel that sort of energy re-enter himself. You can tell from the beginning of the episode that he is sort of, you know, lost, you know, without a purpose that clearly, you know, uh, the time has taken away the measure of, of the kind of person that he is. Um, and, and you sort of see him regain that as he finds his purpose through this episode. It was, uh, it was again, well-crafted and, and well, well put together. Yeah. But Star Trek, does, Star Trek does that well. I mean, if you, even if you look at the crappy Star Trek movies that have been out, like, you know, like, like the search for Spock or, or the, the fifth one there, no, we don't talk about do. that one. No, but what I mean is like the, not the, not the overall story or the whole point of it is, but they, some of the setups they do in there, like, like, you know, when McCoy is, they show McCoy out of Starfleet, he's in a bar and he's like, he's, he's struggling, right? He's like got this mental issue and, and they use that as a setup to the fact that, you know, he's living with two, two chakras at that point in time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of, they don't kind of like lay it. Like, it's not like so obvious that they beat you over the head with it. They kind of slowly reveal these kind of things, you know, or, or even in, in, um, one of my favorite Star Treks is, is, uh, the undiscovered country where, um, the, pl- the interplay between Spock and, and, um, what's her name's character? What's, uh, the, Savick. the, or not Savick. Oh, um, the one, the, uh, yeah, not Savick. Canada's own. Savick. Canada's own. Ugh, bother me. Her. Yeah. Yeah. We'll look it up. Anyway, but like the interplay <laughs> between them and how he has to use the, 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 the mind, the mind melt to extract the information from her. And it's, it's obviously a very difficult thing for both characters, both actors and both characters to do. Right. I mean, you know, whereas George Lucas would sort of hit you over the head with a lightsaber at that point, you know, or yep. put you in a pit with a bell rog, you know, kind of thing. Right. You know, but I mean, the, the Star Trek does this well, they do this sort of slow, you know, peeling back the onion kind of storytelling, you know, I mean, yep. some of their, so, some of it's downright campy, right? Like I've been watching the, uh, the, the original series and, but you know, and it's, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny, but in how things work. But if you think about, if you watch it in context of when the shows were made, they're they're quite interesting. You know, yeah. I was watching uh, I was watching the Alana Troyes episode the other day, where she throws a knife at, at William Shatner, right? And it's funny because now that it's all in high def or whatever, you can actually see the the knife the, the fishing line that that the knife follows as it goes towards <laughs> the door, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I, I, I rewound it. Went, wait a minute, is that fishing? Like I can literally see. They didn't like you know, like these days they would, they would go and Photoshop all that out, right? Mm. But it, they, they left it in. It was so good. Frank Zappa would say, uh, no. "It was Lieutenant Valeris, and it was uh, Valeris, yes, yes, Valeris, and of course that was um, Kim, Kim Cattrall, Canadian Kim Cattrall, Canada's own Kim Cattrall. Yeah. But I mean, like, like the whole, you know, the the boots and the fact that they, you know, they have these these anti gravity boots, and mm. then when they find the people who who wear the boots, they have like really, or you know, they have feet that couldn't fit in these boots, and mm-hmm. yeah, the sort of they 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 kind of they have what the, the writers or the producers or whatever of Star Trek tend to be very subtle in the way that they tell you things so like the fact that they can pull out i mean of course they, of course they got all this huge canon of 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 shows that so they can pull but pull out this character out of a really obscure episode and bring him forward you know in, in the story point right yep um hopefully they're not going to dig the actor up and make him play the role again but uh, who knows and and it's interesting where they're going with data i think that data has always been a fascinating character um unfortunately you know because of because of time and whatever data's put on a lot of weight and looks a lot of <laughs> older than he used to right yeah i mean do androids age i don't know you have to take these things with a grain of salt i'm i'm, yes. I'm honestly surprised at this point that um that they haven't gone with a much more cgi effective uh look for brent spiner just because of obviously age and time you could put a lot of makeup on and a wig and eye pieces and stuff like that but he uh him again he's a much older man now like, what are you gonna do well de niro was saying in the in the irishman they did that with that with the characters they, they put spots on their faces and, mm-hmm. and had them go through actor roles out and then went and made them look younger. I guess they did the same thing with Will, Will Smith in the last movie that he was in just recently, where he's like plays himself. Yeah, you know, oh, to, yeah. To, to varying degrees of, of effectiveness. Although in Data's case, it actually would kind of make sense that he would look like the uncanny valley effect would actually be spot on. You just mm-hmm. pretend that uh, in the era of uh, standard definition, you couldn't actually see the fact of like, yeah, this is like a mannequin that's talking to us. Right, this is not a, a real. Right. Living, breathing person uh, for the character it would arguably work pretty well as an art direction. Like you wouldn't right. lose out from the, um, you know, the, some of the issues you end up with the de aging sort of CGI. And they didn't give away Dal. What's her name? Dar's character. How do you say her name again? Dodge. Dodge. They didn't give away Dodge's character too. Like in the fact that you know, 
because she looked very human, mm-hmm. other than the born the, the going, turning Jason born in the middle of the thing there, um, or the fact that she can you know figure out where Picard is kind of thing um, and think quickly. Um, but when you're looking at the character, they didn't they didn't give her any any te- like it tells. Like again, that's when they were talking about the tells in in the poker game at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Where Picard says your tell is that when you're trying to pretend you have a tell, you have a tell. But when you don't have a tell, or when you're not showing a tell, that's your tell, right? It's kind of what you, it's you know it's not what you see, it's what you don't see is mm-hmm. what he's trying to say. And, and in, in the same sense that when she shows up, you know, I mean, in the trailer, thinking about what who she could possibly be in the trailer, I'm thinking she could be like. I mean, what like, part of me thought maybe she could be related to, to, to Data, but more likely she was related to, to another character. You know, uh, maybe she was Borg or something like that. You know, like who knew where she was going to come from, right? Now that we know she's, she's related to Data, um, the, the fact that they didn't make her look like in any way an android, right? Other than the fact that she's very, you know, unblemished flesh and skin and whatever, but, you know, they didn't go out of their way to make her, like, they didn't give her yellow eyes, for instance, right? Yeah, although we didn't know, uh, you know, we kind of have it on Picard say so that she was um, that she's related to data yeah but then we sort of I don't know I guess it's a question of you know following that line do we think that uh, he shared some of his research on himself with um, what's his name Dr. Um, Maddox Maddox um, and that then Maddox created that so is he would it actually be father relative predecessor like it's kind of unclear what the dynamic is between data and and Dodge and um, Mister. But just thought of another. Yeah. Just thought of a po- another possible angle. Pro- I don't think they're going to go here, but just going to put it out there for you guys. Right? What if Picard is so famous in this world that you could do a ton of research on him and go in now that he's eighty and pull one over on him? You think he's being incepted? This is all, or that, is... or that she's not really who she says she is. She's like an actor pretending to be. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like they, like they're gaming him. You know, like because he's older and he's he's going to. He's so clearly, like he did, you not notice how quickly he accepted the fact that she's related to Data? Well, he wants it. Like that's what he wants, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, it could it could be part right. of a and ploy we want to that too. Well, right? and it could be part of a ploy to get him out into space for something. I mean, do we take it at his word in Episode One that what matters to him most now is protecting uh, this her sister, the the potential other uh, Data mm. progeny? Um, yeah, I is mean, that what he, is that what he thinks he's doing? Like I, I, I kind of missed that. Until well, that's they, they, that's essentially what he says is you know. Like you know, I failed to protect Dodge. Sure. I have to. I have to protect her sister. And in parallel to how he f- he failed to protect Mars, and he failed to sort of re- really rescue the Romulans. That's it. And he figured out to f- failed to protect the Romulans, and he figured he failed to save Data. So yeah, now he's got this redemption arc to work on. Yeah. Hmm. So is is this destruction of Mars? Is that a new plot point in our our lore? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first time we saw that was in the the, mo- the final short track, uh, uh, Children of Mars. Oh, the Children of Mars, right? I just watched that the other day. Yes. So the two little girls are sort of having this sort of rivalry as they are sort of, yeah. you know, frustrated with what's happening with their home life because their parents are working on Utopia Planitia. And right, right. then it ends with them saying the synths have attacked. It pops up on the screen as they watch it together and then they hold hands yeah. and that's the end of the episode. But that attack, that's the first time we got a sense of that attack. So I think all of us sort of went to a, I wonder if this is going to tie into uh, either Picard or it's going to tie into Discovery this year. And right, right. Got now we know. Later, yeah. Now we know. Yep. And it's sort of like um, what Marvel did with um, oh, what's that show? Agents of Shield and and um, was it Hulk or something? The Captain America: Civil War. Are you talking yeah, about the, season the, two of, the, of that other yeah. show? Yeah, it, it was Winter Soldier, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yes, Winter Soldier. That's right. Yes, yes. Winter where they, when all of a sudden everybody because it was the, the Hydra turn, right? Where everybody was mm-hmm. all of a sudden they were Hydra and they were like, oh crap, we're actually in Hydra. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So overall, I mean, what do you guys think uh, as far as a uh, uh, you know, we haven't seen this part of the Star Trek universe. We haven't gone forward, as we talked about before, in, in 18 years. Um, hmm. are you, how are you guys feeling after one one footprint into, uh, into back into this world? It definitely wants definitely wants you to watch more, you know, uh, especially in this stage of being able to binge things. It's kind of disappointing to have to wait a week for it, right? <laughs> it isn't, it isn't, though. You know what? Like, I, I would be frustrated if this had, like, I, I'm a if little out. watch it in, in four nights? Yeah, yeah. I'm a little out on, on the, the binging thing just because you do end up in this sort of competitive 
competitive with yourself and competitive with other people and trying not to be spoiled. And there is, you know, again, and for people like us who like to sit and talk about this stuff, Mm -hmm. there's something to be said for this era, going back to this era of, you know, it's an appointment, you make time, you talk about it, you digest it, you focus on the next one. And it's only a week apart. It's not like, Mm -hmm. you know, the battle days were a TV season started in September and ended in May. Now we watch for, you know, 10 weeks and it's over with, right? Well, will they do this thing where they'll do like four or five episodes and then make us wait like months before they come back? I hope not. (laughs) I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know if there will be a weird break anywhere in there. I'm I'm hoping so uh, unlike the the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover that did have an awkward break uh, over the holidays. um, uh, Maybe they'll skip a week somewhere. You know, I remember Discovery doing something like that uh, either in season one or season two, but I don't think it will be a month's sort of break. I'm just looking up on IMDb here because they'll list the episodes and sometimes they put the weeks that they're going to be on. Yeah, I only see the first four episodes listed. Oh no. First four episodes are listed and they are four weeks beginning today. Right. Are you looking on web or on your iPad? I am looking on the web and uh, first two episodes directed by Hanel Culpepper, second two episodes directed by Mr. Jonathan Brakes. I was going to say, is he not doing this? And is it, where is this being made, you know? LA. Oh, LA. It's not in Toronto. Nope. They made a point Hmm. of doing this one in LA because of the uh, the actors. Hmm. Well, interesting. Yep. Looking forward to it. Um, Definitely. Did you guys hear about the, uh, the uh, new season of the ready room? Who's, uh, who's, who the new host of the ready room is? No. So CBS all access has this, uh, the ready room, which is their sort of, you know, after show follow up show. Oh yeah. They'll probably show it on, on, on on space TV. And uh, Will Wheaton is going to be the host. Will Wheaton? Wheaton. 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 Yeah. uh, Did you guys not see that one? I saw that. That uh, that episode. Oh, we're missing it. It probably is probably on now, right? While we're doing this podcast. Yeah. So I guess it was uh, it debuted during the second season of Discovery. I didn't watch it because um, it re- it replaced After Track, right? The yeah. Room. Oh, there was there was a show After Track. Another. Yeah. So this is the the like officially licensed Ready Room is their after show. They mm. did it for that one. I didn't see that, but uh, Who I was saw the host some of, of that one. I don't know. I don't know if it was actually Will Wheaton too, but I was excited mm. to see that he was going to get involved with this one because obviously he'll have. Uh, a little more to say, but interesting. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. It's like 20, 30 minutes. Um, I think unlike the after Trek, which kind of felt to me more like just gushing about the show, mm-hmm. uh, there is a little bit of gushing, but it's more nuanced gushing from, you know, somebody who was actually an actor on that kind of show before, but they spend more time talking to the producers and the director of this episode. And, and even I think the, the composer, the theme of, you know, tell us what your thought process was behind this. Right? Mm-hmm. It is kind of more behind the scenes. And then they show a little bit of a preview at the very end of the upcoming episode. Going over to Tep Bell 5 TV, see if I can see if it was on or we missed it or whatever. And while you do that, I'll mention the other little bit of news that I tucked in here. So uh, sure. in promoting Star Trek Picard this week, uh, Patrick Stewart went on The View. And uh, while he was there, he took the time to uh, on-air ask Whoopi Goldberg if she would be willing to come back and reprise her role as Guinan. Wow. Uh, okay. When they do season two. And she said yes. So nice. said that she will, in fact, be coming back in season two. There you go. Back from the Nexus. That's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Deep into the lore of the Elorian. Hmm. So, oh, you got Guinan in here. And then um, let's go to our watch list. What have you got for us, Jonathan? All right. So uh, my my pick this week, uh, so uh, a fun piece of Lego that was announced this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Lego is doing a model, a Lego model of the International Space Station mm-hmm. um, that they announced this earlier this week. And um, this thing is just huge. It's crazy. Um, it it's funny because uh, you know I've, they've done obviously a few different space models over the last few years. Tim, you uh, I think own a couple of those. The uh, I do the, the lunar lander. They did the uh, Saturn V, and yeah. uh, this one is very cool. It's got it even comes with a little scale version of the uh, the space shuttle so that you dock it. It's got a satellite to launch and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool uh, again sort of uh, look at some space Lego. Also not crazy uh, pricey. It's only it's listed at $70 US and it comes mm-hmm. out on February 1st. It's 864 pieces. Um, so if it's you're... Lot, it's smaller than you think it is. It is. Idea. It's it's yeah. much more... It, it does almost feel like a model. Like it's it's got a stand and it's got sort of, yeah. you know, shows you the scale. There is a, sort of an astronaut for scale uh, that it comes with. But uh, but yes, yeah, pretty pretty cool thing. Again, obviously they didn't need to do it the size of a starter store or anything like that. But uh, but yeah, I thought this was... Yeah, I saw uh, the Lego cool site one. actually a couple of days ago. Yeah. Neat, neat 
neat piece of Lego. This uh, got a hold of it. I'm definitely going to take a look at that one. Cool, Coolio. All right, I mean, what's on your watch list? Yeah, this is a a, a tricky one. So I put uh, in in scare quotes in the show notes for those of you transporting at home is a fan film. Yeah, uh, called uh, on it's a YouTube link called uh, Star Trek TNG: A Tale of Two Cities fan film. Uh, apparently, this is a recut, a safe for work recut of a porn parody. Mm. Um, it's about uh, 27 minutes long, and it's shockingly good given its uh, <laughs> its kind of dubious origins. And they uh, like you can kind of tell where like oh here's where you know space kissing time would have happened um, mm. on some of the cuts, but it still holds together really well. And it actually is fairly well thought out. Like the, they actually had people um, writing this who made reasonable callbacks to other episodes. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how to describe the synopsis uh, without giving away too much of the story, but uh, I, I guess I can talk very briefly about the, the basic premise because it's sort of given away in the, in the cold open. Um, the basic premise is that Tasha Yar, the real Tasha Yar, um, well, real Tasha Yar? Tasha Yar is back. Like Denise Crosby, Tasha Yar? Yeah, well, she's played by a, a porn actress in this. Oh, okay. In the circumstances, <laughs> you know, f- fan film here. Um, right. And, and they, they chose a dude for Picard is actually a pretty good one. Like, you could imagine this being, like, one of the better, uh, like, cosplayers at a costume convention sort of dude. Uh, he does a pretty reasonable eff- affectation. Uh, the, the special effects, granted, are kind of, like, the very best that Adobe Premiere 6 could give you. <laughs> you know, however old that is. <laughs> um, but the, the story and, and the attempt they make to to bring in characters like um, like Ro Laren and, and of course the, the main crew is actually really well done. It, I think it's worth a watch. All right. Cool. <laughs> I'm advocating for safe porn. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the uh it's like the the walmart cut of the <laughs> of the film or the the airplane uh entertainment it's, it's, system. it's the tbs is the tbs version yeah yeah it, it, it's very strange when it's like, like the, the riker actor is just atrocious but the one who does data is actually pretty good the one who does picard as i mentioned is pretty good wharf is actually a pretty good one and and ro laren's character uh actor is pretty good too like this it was clearly they had like you know not in a like an industrial light and magic sort of budget but they had more than like twenty dollars too so it was quite the quite the treat when that came along hmm. interesting all right I don't really have a pick. I just I have don't mess with cats in here, but but uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen that or not. I've not seen that, nor have I seen The Witcher on the, on Netflix that people are, are talking about. Have you seen the don't mess? With, it's actually not called don't mess with cats, but uh, yeah. the word mess I've messed with. But have you um, seen this, Jonathan? Uh, no, you and I spoke about it. It's uh, obviously it uh, it hits close to home because of its Canadian connections. But, yes, but it's very strange. Well, it's interesting from an inter- internet sleuthing kind of way, but yeah, it's just it's messed up. Anyway, it's probably not appropriate for this particular podcast anyway (laughs) (laughs) um all right well i guess that's it for this week we'll be back again after another fabulous episode of of uh picard star trek i want to say jean-luc picard but you can't can't just it's just picard um we'll be back at chateau picard next week or wherever he ends up being um just one quick comment did you guys notice the san francisco bridge or the golden gate bridge it had no cars on it no it's it's meant to have been shut down because you don't need cars anymore so therefore it's a Solar, uh, oh, solar panels. Solar, like panels. solar panels is what I thought yeah. it was too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite connect. I was looking at it, kind of going, yeah. "What the is that?" Yeah. I mean, you know, mass tra- the the transporters are so much quicker and more effective. Like you don't have to stand still. Yeah, they have on the flying the buses and stuff like that, and like the, the the automation has made the uh, you know Chief O'Briens of the world completely unnecessary. You don't need a person <laughs> st- standing in a transporter room hoping that something needs to be transport no you you're like oh i want to go to dublin cool there's the entryway that i will just walk okay, so through that expi- instantaneously blip i was going to say one thing about this because because uh, clearly shadow picard is in france yes and then like five minutes later he's in, in san francisco and she's starting off in boston well and then she know, goes and to france and then she, she shows france, up in, and she's in san somewhere then she's somewhere in san francisco presumably yeah yeah i think we're supposed to assume that uh transporter technology abounds yeah yes. it's so much better like they they use the same exact sound but it's like one tenth the length of the voice of the uh, oh, sound okay. clip right 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 yeah so you, you get your little presto card and you use that from one place to the other yeah. interesting cool all right anyway
That's it for another week. Uh, so, Jaime, if people want to get in touch with you, where do they do that? I'm on Twitter as at Dev with the Hair. Right, and Jonathan, if people can get in touch with you. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at JPK News. Okay, my name is Timitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-E on the Twitter machines where you'll find me. And until next time, we'll see you in the future. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the Spotcast Podcast. This is John Luke Picard. Shut up, Wesley. Sorry, say again. Just the tag. Gotcha. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the Spotcast website at spotcast.com. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at Spotcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskSpotcast. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash Spotcast. You can find details on how to help us on our website, spotcast.com slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future. Next time, um, when are you guys actually able to watch it? Because maybe we don't have to have it that late uh, as a starting time. Well, I mean, we didn't know about the Crave thing until today, right? Yeah, and so actually, you were, like, guessing, like, when it was going to be specifically well, We were going to watch it at 9. We, we thought we were going to watch it on, on TV, because here it's on TV, but not until 9 o'clock our time. Yeah, but, 6 your time, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if so it's going to watch it and if yeah. it's going to be early, then most weeks we should be able to watch it earlier and start whenever, like at nine or six, six or six thirty for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't know that they did that great of a job, um, explaining when the heck this thing was coming out. No, I would uh, say certainly not. Cause the answer really depends on like, are you American? Cool. It's on CBS all access. And only until very recently do we find out, wait, it's not going to be at like five to five thirty the way that discovery was. It's at oh, really? 12 1201 yeah that's what i heard i was like oh that's a pacific time uh 1201 i'm like oh that's interesting okay cool um and then canadians were confused as you guys were just talking about and then the rest of the world's like cool so it's on amazon when <laughs> is it come yeah. out on amazon <laughs> Is it also 1201? Like the Americans at CBS All Access? Or uh, I have no idea. Like, I really feel like they should have just had like a damn web page. Like, if you're not going to have it in a singular source, you can say UTC time, everybody gets it, you know, yeah. middle yeah. of the night or whatever. Is it the 24th for your date? Is it the 23rd for your date? Figure it out. It's on UTC. Wait, does that mean in Britain and Australia they got to watch it before us? I have no idea because it, presumably it they're not watching time. it on, on CBS All Access if they, even, if they even have that service available in their well, country. Everywhere else it's on Amazon, right? Yeah. So yeah, but it, was, but is it on at midnight Pacific time in Amazon too? Right? Yeah, it, it was very confusing. Hey, hey um, watch, the, watch this one, guys. If you happen to be living in another country and are listening to the after show, please send us a note. We'd love to know when you're getting Star Trek Picard. See, yeah. what, see what I did right there with the hashtag Ask Podcast. That's right. Mm-hmm, with a mm-hmm. hashtag Ask. Because mm-hmm. otherwise we won't see it. Not that we even look for that hashtag. Now we will. Yeah, we can give our our number one fan a job to go and look at the uh, that yeah. yeah research project. Yeah, he excels at those. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, well I guess that's it for another episode. We'll talk to you guys later. All right, talk to you Bye. next time. Bye. Bye. See you guys. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day. You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.